This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother one week at a time. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, Kate. Hi, everybody out there. Welcome back to Hey Beautiful. We've got an excellent episode to talk about tonight. We on do. this on this Monday night. Is it Monday? Is today I, Monday? No. No, it's Tuesday. Today's Tuesday. Second Monday. God, I'm losing my mind. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> on this day. On this day, we have a wonderful episode to talk about. Um, if you guys don't know, if you're joining us for the first time, hello and welcome. We are Hey Beautiful, and we are the show that recaps How I Met Your Mother. One episode at a time, no spoilers. So I'm Kate, this is Caitlin, and we're here to break down the episodes as we go. Give a little commentary. A little commentary, some facts you might not know about the show. Witty banter. Oh, of course, the wittiest. <coughs> some chewing, some crunching. The banterest of wit. Yes, yeah, some chewing and crunching occasionally <laughs> as well. And a dog barking and losing his mind. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, fans. That was Caitlin's dog, Max, a.k.a. Moo. And I have noise-canceling headphones on, so I can't hear anything that's happening. I heard it. I just didn't think it was going to be that loud, and I kept expecting it to stop. So I was like, meh, it'll be fine. But Moo made his debut. Moo made his debut. He was talking a lot of trash. I don't know if you could understand him. Oh, shit. I only speak cat, so. Oh, okay. No, he's a big shit talker, like his owner. I don't call myself a dog mom, but. Okay, fair. Like, you can. It's just I don't view myself as his mother. Yeah. He, yeah. he made that clear from day one. I was not his real mom. So. <laughs> I love it. Uh, before we get into this week's episode, which is Monday Night Football, we had a lot of fun on Twitter this week. Yeah. Um, it was the 13th anniversary of How I Met Your Mother airing for the first mm-hmm. time. That's crazy. I know. And so... Completely separate of that, I asked a couple of questions of Carter and Craig, and I mentioned it on last week's episode that I was going to try. So I asked him, or Carter and Craig, but Craig is the one that answered. I asked him, who did the paintings of Naked Marshall and Naked Barney? Mm -hmm. And if Hammond Druthers was based on uh, a boss that they had had over the years, because he seemed very specific. And you and I had talked about it and i said very fleshed out like really real but also like very personal because a lot of times when you are the personal victim of somebody it's hard to paint them with a lot of compassion Mm. and so hammond druthers doesn't really have a redeeming side no and so that's what made me think he might be personal brian cranston right right okay so The nude paintings question actually started a whole conversation between uh, Craig and a bunch of the props people and other people that were on set during How I Met Your Mother. Which was just, I think, the coolest. So cool. So it was cool to watch them call out the people who painted (laughs) other things on the show and then figure out finally who it was. So um, Mm. Craig thought that it was Jenny... At first, um, but then Jenny Hendricks said, no, it wasn't me. Maybe Dave Baker would know who it is. Mm -hmm. And he actually did. And um, I think he was the props master, maybe. Yep, prop master on How I Met Your Mother. And so it was apparently Andrea LaHue. 
who is an artist who worked on the show. So great job, Andrea. I told her she did an excellent job on the Ken doll. Yes. Love, loved the Ken doll. Great job, Andrea. Uh, So that was that question. And then as far as Hammond Druthers went, I said, the more we see of Hammond Druthers, the more we wonder, is he based on a real person? And Craig said, I think more of an amalgam of various bosses, various of our writers had more than one specific person. Also just having fun with how awesome Brian Cranston is. So that really lent itself, yeah, like to the mm-hmm. character being just awful because ooh, he does it so well. Yeah. It's so true. if you happen to be listening, thank you, Craig, for taking the time to to answer those questions. That was really yeah. nice of you. Um, we also got a little bit of a correction mm-hmm. from Christy. You know how much I love being corrected <laughs> too, Kate. Sometimes it's necessary, man. We want this podcast to serve as the truth. Absolutely. For all of eternity. Um, so Christy pointed out, because last time we said that Rob Greenberg was the only other director besides right. Pam Fryman on the show. And while that's mostly true, um, there are actually two others. There mm-hmm. was two others besides Rob Greenberg. There was Michael Shea, who yep. directed four episodes. Intervention, Garbage Island, Disaster Averted, and The Fortress. There we go. Good episodes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love The Fortress. That might be one of my top. Yeah? It's so fun. It is fun. Such a good one. Um, and then Neil Patrick Harris directed who an directed, episode. Uh, or, sorry. He directed um, Jenkins. <gasps> Neil Patrick Harris directed Jenkins? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that episode, too. Good yeah. job, Neil. So I know. Thank you to Christy for pointing that out. It's always good yep, to... Thanks. Have just kidding. No, thank you. Um, because it's I don't like good. to be wrong and I don't like to look foolish. Mm, so yeah. now going forward, I won't. It's a family member. You know what I mean? And um, Christy yeah. always has really great stuff to say and, and little fun facts to point out. And she is so on the pulse with like news related to How I Met Your Mother. She's Love always it. sharing all kinds of cool stuff. So she is a wonderful member of the hashtag HB family. If you want to get involved and join the conversation with us, we are on Twitter at Hey Beautiful Pod, and you can stop by and let us know what you think. Yeah. And leave us a review on iTunes. We have 24 reviews so far. That's crazy. Yeah, dude. That's like two a month. Right? That's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. So leave us a review there, and we'll read it on the show and be eternally grateful. Oh, and we do have one other thing. Uh, we got a new listener on Facebook. Yes, we did. Uh, Facebook is is kind of a quiet spot for us. There's not a ton going on, but we do have some listeners. So um, do you want to read what Kevin had to say? Yeah. So Kevin, um, ha- we had some Facebook messenger interaction. And he told us that he just discovered our podcast recently. So I'm re-watching Him Yim and then listening to each pod afterwards. Thank you. And we told him... HP family, that the sound is awful and improves, although apparently it'd be having some weird shit going on with my stuff, so I apologize. It's, it's always my fault. It's it's always my shit. I don't know what's going on with it, though. <laughs> anyway, um, it gets better. And yeah. he said, here's a legendary moment from episode two. So you pointed purple out- Purple giraffe. Purple giraffe, which I um, 
was not on because we had technical difficulties. That's right. That was the the episode from hell that Liz happened to save. That's right. Yeah. You pointed out that Carlos is from Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Did you know the kid stuck in the crane machine also plays S.J. Tui, Sandra Bullock's son in The Blind Side? Whoa. I did not know that. Yeah, I never saw that movie, so good catch. I saw it, but never made that connection. Um, But now I, like, for today's episode, I looked up the child actor Mm. to see if he was in anything else, because I I think that's really cool. I love when you see that. Yeah. Anything exciting or no? No. (laughs) That's it. Blindside peaked. All right, cool. Yeah. All right. He's in kindergarten. It's pretty bad. That really sucks. Um, Okay. So let's get into Monday Night Football. This is season two, episode 14, Monday Night Football. It first aired on February 5th, 2007. Our writers are... Carter Bays and Craig Thomas, our fantastic creators. And the director uh, is Rob Greenberg. He came back again. So maybe Pam went on vacay for a few weeks. Yeah, I want to know what she was doing. So, uh, Christy, since you are a super sleuth, Mm. I'm going to put you on the case gum show. Yeah, where where did Pam find Where in the world is Pamela Freiman? Late Jan, early Feb 2007. (laughs) Well, it wouldn't have been then that they were... Uh, filming, but right. for those two episodes, what was Fryman up to? Christy, that, that's your mission. Can you do some like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego music while I say, what's the name of the band? Uh, Rockapella. Oh, duh, of course. <laughs> I don't know. It just totally slipped my mind. <sighs> so God. bad. Like, they're just the cheesiest, but in the best but, way. Yeah, that's why I left Ghost Rider, too. <gasps> don't. I fucking loved Ghost Rider. Of course we did, because we're super nerds. But also, like, a lot of, like, white girl rapping. Lenny? Lenny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You gotta believe. I still know that song. I mean, but she was, like, down. She was cool. Yeah, she was, like, super cool. I feel like she'd still get a cosign. I totally had a huge crush on Gabby. The, oh like, yeah, the girl, the bodega owner. Duh. I think she was Duh. played by two actresses, but there, if she was, there was definitely one I preferred. Uh, I loved. Remember the one with Julia Stiles? Yes, the fucking. She was the hacker. <laughs> oh, amazing. She was so badass. Oh God, I've always loved her. <laughs> anyway, Love anyway, sorry, I said no bird walks. No bird walks. End of the episode. Um, so we hear. A voiceover of Future Ted saying, kids, I've told you about all the big holidays. And in the background, we get a rundown of all the holidays we've seen from the first two seasons. And yeah, basically all of them are covered. Mm-hmm. Um, but he says his favorite holiday has always been Super Bowl Sunday, which I don't, to me, doesn't seem re- like a real thing for Ted. But I, I think I understand it by the end of this episode. I would agree with that 100%. Because, like, first of all, he's from Cleveland, and the Browns are a terrible team. <laughs> I know this because my wife watches a lot of football, and the Browns are, like, a butt, the butt of every joke. Um, well, they're, like, the Browns. Like They're, like, they're shit. the poo-poo they're Browns. Yeah. Like, they've had, like, 80 <laughs> quarterbacks in, like, three years. Did poo-poo Browns take you out? <laughs> They're the doo-doo browns. <laughs> oh, my God. The doo-doo browns. Go doo-doo browns. Um, okay. So 
yeah, so Ted says his favorite holiday is Super Bowl Sunday. We find out why later. Um, and I mean, I like I loved Super Bowl Sunday as a kid, but that was because we got to eat treats we didn't snacks. eat. Snacks. Like snacks yeah. on snacks on snacks. Like oven constantly. You and your encouraged out. Mozzarella like, sticks? Mozzarella oh, sticks please. were never in my house. Crudite? Oh, a crudite? We had <sighs> pizza, every form of like uh, baby pizza. Yeah. Pizza rolls. Bagel bites. English muffin pizza. English muffin pizza. Every size. Uh, teriyaki wings. <gasps> Oreos. I remember getting like sick off of Oreos at a, yeah. at a Super Bowl party. Like you just go crazy. And it's, that is the best part of the, of the day for sure. It's yeah, just the, the eating and lounging your in your pants. Your car should just lounge and eat. Like, and yeah, man. You know. Can't beat a Get holiday into an like altered that. state with beverages. Okay. Uh, so then we cut to 2007, present day at the bar, and Ted is assigning jobs for the party. And um, he doesn't give Barney a job because Barney's only job is to focus on his gambling problem, which harkens back to the Atlantic City episode. So yes. Barney's full-blown gambler. We know he has a really big problem. So, of course, Super Bowl Sunday is like a triggering holiday for him. Um, but if, But he doesn't see it as a problem. He's like, I'm awesome at it. Yeah. So Ted puts himself in charge of the most important centerpiece of a Super Bowl party, which is the wings. Mm -hmm. Um, And he says the wings from Quinn's. And I looked up Quinn's in New York City. Yeah. I always try to see. And the only thing I found was a Mighty Quinn's barbecue. Same. But it looked like a sports bar. So I think it might have just been made up or based on another bar. Why don't you ask uh, Craig and Carter? I'll try. I'll try. Um, And and you should like preface the tweet with like the fact that we're both pretty big foodies and your first connection was about best hamburger, right? The best burger in New York. Wasn't that one of the first? Oh, that was one of the first things that he like loved that episode. Yeah. Yeah. So you could like work that in and how we both love to eat. And we yeah. want to do a Him Yum food tour with you know, Grace <gasps> Papaya. Oh, my God. McLaren. That imaginary tour that'll never happen. I know. We'll think about it. And we'll plan it, and it will be so good. I love to plan and then not do it. Well, you know what? Because I feel like it doesn't always live up to plan, like your idea. So true. So, so true. why am I going to ruin it? Yeah, man. We'll be like, wow, that would have been really good. Yeah. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a literal spit take. <laughs> so, um, so they're all getting amped about Super Bowl Sunday, and mm-hmm. Wendy, the waitress, comes over and gives them a little piece of paper with some info on it, and she's looking very sullen and says that Mark died, and they all look shocked, and then she walks away, and we realize that none of them know who Mark was. No clue. Despite them being his favorite customers. Yeah. Uh, the funeral is the next night, which is Sunday night at six, which would literally never happen. Yeah. Who has a wake on Sunday? Was it a wake or um, a funeral? The wake, because they see the casket. Yeah, they said the wake. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, first of all, Sunday no. night, I mean, it would happen, but not on Super Bowl Sunday, especially a wake, which is usually Irish, Italian. Like, we're watching the Super Bowl. We're not yeah. missing a drinking holiday for a week. And the body will he, keep. He worked at the bar, so he would understand people. Right. So this is like, this is kind of, you have to a just. Stretch. Oh, yeah. It's like a little leap. A little leap of faith here. 
Ted's like, oh, we'll just send flowers. Like, we didn't know the guy. Like, that's enough. That's more than enough for us to do. Um, and he'll, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. We can't miss that. And then we see Carl on with the other side. With that mustache still. With that thick-ass mustache. Uh, <laughs> throwing somebody out of the bar for good forever for not wanting to go to the wake. Just because it's Super Bowl Sunday. Right. So they've all been thoroughly disciplined. And are now guilted into going to the funeral. So before they go to the wake, Ted leads Marshall in a prayer to their TiVo. Oh, and remember they, TiVo? Yeah. My grandma still has TiVo. What? Was like, boop, I didn't boop, boop. know it was still yeah, a thing. It's still around. And I guess you buy the TiVo, so you, like, you don't give it back if you don't have cable, so you can, I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't attached to like the cable like company. Service. It was. Its, yeah. It was it's, the first thing, and then I'm probably cable companies like bought the same kind of technology, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Ugh. Um, life, life before fast forwarding through commercials. It was crazy. It's criminal. And Jack, like he's only known the that you can pause tv and mm. it blow it used to blow his mind when he was little like he could not understand how we watch tv without pausing it but what if you had to go to the bathroom you fucking I'm wait like, you missed it or you waited yeah you crossed your legs kiddo yeah or you pop in like, the vhs exactly i can't tell you how many oh my god oh girl so many so many recordings yeah so this prayer is just like amazing and also very serious mm. um and barney comes in the apartment and he is wearing a t-shirt a hoodie and a jacket looking super cash um so this is i believe the second time we don't see barney wearing a suit yeah at least the second time i think this season because he was yeah. su- suited down when he was sick Oh, that's right. Okay, so three then. So this must okay, be the awesome. third. Yep. The silver, okay, awesome. like, the silver shirt. And then these two. And um, if you notice, all of his clothes throughout this episode have the same logo on it. Oh, I didn't know. It's notice. like this like leaf pattern. Okay. And I was like, this can't be like this can't be um a coincidence, right? Because it's like very yeah. prominent. It's on the jacket sleeve, it's on the t shirt. Um, and it's a clothing brand called Ever. Which doesn't seem to exist anymore, but it's definitely it's named ever. Yeah, like so forever. it's yeah, so it's definitely tied mm. uh, to this logo. Whatever it means, maybe one of the costume designers was involved in that company. I have no idea, but interesting. That's ever is the line, and if you're wondering, the group is shocked that the one time he should be wearing a suit, he's mm-hmm. not, and he says that's kind of the point because suits are the. Uh, sartorial equivalent of a baby's smile. It's happy. It's, you know, it's not something that you would wear for something so upsetting and such a downer. Mm. Um, and so they're like, they're getting ready to leave. And he makes this co- comment about his funeral and how it's going to be awesome. And it'll be open bar for the guys <laughs> and open casket for the ladies. And he raises his hand up for a high five and everyone walks out without even acknowledging him, except Marshall, who you think is just going to walk past him and then stops and giggles and gives him a high five. <laughs> it's just the cutest. This is a very good Marshall episode. It is, indeed. It's always good when he flexes his like, immaturity, his immature oh, muscles. I love him so much. Yeah. So then it's 5.45, and the whole time we're getting like updates on the, the time throughout this mm-hmm. episode because, ooh, are they going to make it? We'll see. And... The gang walks up to the casket 
and it's open casket. So they finally get a glimpse of Mark and they finally recognize him, but we still don't know who he was at the bar. Right. And we never learned that. Was he a bouncer? Was he a bartender? Um, he, clearly he wasn't like an owner or anything like with right. Carl, um, who I'm guessing is the owner. Right. I think we, yeah, yeah, yeah. That we was figured that out. And on his Twitter, it says his name is Carl, Carl McLaren. McLaren. Yeah. So, um, nice Irish boy. Yeah. So we never really know who Mark was. I mean, my guess is he was like a, maybe like an afternoon bartender, right? Like yeah. somebody that they might not have ever remembered, but who was who was there sometimes, mm-hmm. and um, you know Lily's saying that he was so young, it was such a waste, because she thinks that Barney is sad for Mark, but mm-hmm. you find out he's actually sad for the hand-stitched cashmere double-breasted Dolce and Gabbana suit must he's be, wearing. Must be so scared. Must be so frightened. Frightened. <laughs> Yo, Mark must Mark Mike. What was his name? It was Mark, Mark but Ted oh. keeps calling him Mike. Okay, and Matt. Mark. Must have done pretty well for himself to be wearing that suit. Right. That's the other thing. So who the heck was this guy at the bar? I mean, maybe he had a couple jobs. Who knows? Ask um, Greg and Carter. <laughs> I can't ask them all the questions. Why not? <sighs> slide into their DMs. A slide in the D. I've never done that. I don't think that I will ever do that. Yeah. That to Quite me cool. is, a, is a bridge too far. I mean. Yeah. We'll see what they, happens. They could DM you. They could totally slide into your DMs. I would shit everywhere. I, just what, I would shit everywhere. Yeah. I would go crazy. I would um, lose control of my bowels. And I actually have a story about our real first time talking to each other later on when we talk about the sensory deprivator, but we'll get there. Oh. Robin sees that things are moving along and that they'll be out of there soon and that, you know, that maybe we'll be able to watch it, but just a few hours behind. And I started to wonder if this was like the stages of grief, like the way they're handling this denial. We had the denial first that they didn't have to go to this thing. Uh, Then we got the anger at having to miss the game. And now we have some bargaining happening. Like if we stay this long, then we can leave and we can go home and we'll still see it. Um, And then we get depression kind of the next scene when they're sitting there like, listening to Carl. I don't know if this was intentional, but to me, it's it sort of is. paralleled, right? You got to ask that one. If you're going <laughs> to ask any of this episode. If you're going to ask any of the 50 questions that you need to ask. Oh. Right, though? It, it's kind of like a parallel. It, no, it truly is. And then, and then, then like, acceptance, it's like acceptance yeah. at 2.45 a.m., like we're not going to get to watch it. Or yeah. acceptance later when like. We we all know what happened, but let's watch it anyway. So, can yeah. even be anger at Barney for telling the score. Whoa. So yeah, there's like a there's like a parallel to to grief here. That so was deep. That was cool. Hey, thanks. What can I say? So of course we cut to two thirty six a.m. and Carl is telling a story to the group, and they're just exhausted and just so sad. That's honestly and ignorant, Carl. Like that's a, yeah, that's like, a lot. Yeah. And Carl's telling this story that reminded me of you and Liz. Oh, God. And even though we didn't see any whales that day, it's the yeah. best day of their lives. Yeah, well. Was it the best day of your life? No. Liz and I went whale watching a couple weekends ago, and the water was so choppy that basically everyone on the boat was puking everywhere. People were, like, lying outside the bathroom. Um 
And is there in there a movie where everyone's like throwing up? There's like a lot everyone of movies else is throwing like that. Up? Maybe what? is are you thinking like the Sandlot? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Smash cuts to everyone just puking. That's that's the scene I have in my head right now. Basically, it was that without the Pee Wee Herman music. So and without the whales. Yeah. Well, there weren't any whales (laughs) anyway, so I guess it was close. Um, Yeah. So that was terrible. So yeah. Sorry. um, If you're not going to see any whales, at least the water should be calm because it was really bad i didn't puke liz was close like she was just sitting there like staring straight ahead like trying not to look at anybody puking because she was about to go but this this might not surprise you but in middle school when we got to do like the boat trip Mm -hmm. i pretended that i had motion sickness so i could eat the ginger snaps oh my god (laughs) so fat (laughs) all right let's go anyway um so Carl gets up to grab another round and encourages, you know, them to tell their next favorite story about <laughs> Mark when he gets back. And, oh, no, thank you. Marshall calls dibs on the story Carl just told. <laughs> so that made me wonder, was he just telling the same story, like repeating them now? Or just Marshall just didn't even give a fuck and he just wanted to be done? Yeah, I, I think he just, he didn't have anything and that was going to be better than nothing. Yeah. God. Um. So, I was kind of hoping that Carl was just like super drunk and repeating all of his stories. Oh, yeah. It's better to. Both can be true. Yeah. Um, So, Lily realizes that, you know, they just need to call it a day and find out the score. And Barney is very relieved. But Ted then reminds them of this wonderful tradition. And we get flashbacks to the group watching the Super Bowl together. And we get to see how. Ted made it into something really special when it really was nothing special the first year. It was Ted being super drunk and Lily not being very interested and everyone just, you know, like Marshall even makes a comment about like, hey, buddy, calm down or something. Yeah. Well, like not everything can be a drinking game. Right, right. (laughs) Um, So, and we get this great scene in 2004 where we get to see the origin of Barney's gambling mm-hmm. and how he won a dollar off of Marshall and how it feels really good. And that was also the episode with the wardrobe malfunction. Yes. And I watched that Super Bowl live. I was in college. Did you, were you yeah. in the room for Janet? Yeah, yeah I went Bri to the bathroom. And I were like, what the fuck? Was that her tit? We're like, holy <laughs> shit. It was wild. Like, didn't really fully comprehend what had happened. Yeah. So, yeah. And there was, was no rewind, right? <laughs> no, that was it. They're like, She's what looking, the fuck? Yep, yep. Hope somebody got it on their VHS, but. <laughs> um, and we see Robin's first Super Bowl in 2006. And. Marshall wasn't really happy about it because it was this sacred day. So he goes from the calm down buddy to it being a sacred day. Um, But then Robin gets excited and wins them over because she loves commercials like Lily. She calls the wings angel wings like Marshall. And she knows how to gamble like Barney. And so they're all super impressed. And she brings beers. And she brings beers. Came back from the kitchen all full of beers. Yep. And um, Marshall's thing about she's going to be in the pictures yeah it oh, sounds a lot so like true. somebody else we're going to see uh, make this complaint later about the the girls that ted brings home so yes it's a yes. nice little running so gag that, that'll come tuck back that, mm-hmm. tuck that behind your ear uh, yeah friends so you know in the name of tradition they decide to go 18 hours without finding out which is like 
insane. A total media blackout. Yeah. This is just such a wonderful setup because it's Super Bowl Sunday. So you know the next day is Monday. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got to work. So you know right. they're not going to be in scenes together. Yeah. So you know we're going to get the different storylines and see how it all comes together. Yeah. I love and when they do that. Yeah, me too. And it's the scene ends with Barney asking for a high five. But then realizing it's funeral, so it's a solemn low five. And his voice gets so deep and rich, it's insane. Yep. He's got a range. Yeah, totally. Um, I've done a total media blackout, but I did it for a year. You did. And it was I, very hard. You didn't get any spoilers? Not even one. So I'll explain. I didn't watch How I Met Your Mother's final season live because it didn't feel right. It felt like I should binge it the way I've binged every single episode and every scene, um, every season I've watched. I mean, I was like, obviously, I'm a huge fan. So I followed everybody on the show and I like on Instagram and and Twitter and Facebook. And so I had to like unfollow everybody. I told all of my friends what I was doing. And periodically, because the fall was the worst part, because that's when the show was happening. So I had to like avoid Twitter on whatever day, like the day after that. Um, How I Met Your Mother aired, um, and my friends were great. You and a couple of my other friends would message me and say, don't go on BuzzFeed or don't go on this because there's huge spoilers. I actually still have on my phone, so this is four years, five years later, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, 2013. Yeah, five years later um, that you it, it aired, but I saved articles on my phone under my like reading list to oh, send to you really? eventually. Yeah. Oh, you were waiting. I would see it. I'm like, oh, this is really good. I have to send it to you. Yeah. So I, I did it. I did a full year without finding out anything. And I wrote a blog, a, a post about it saying why I wasn't watching the, the final series season. And I shared it on Twitter and Carter saw it. And retweeted it. Asked if he could retweet it and did. Um, Because it was basically a love letter to the show and what it meant to me. And so I was like Twitter famous for five seconds. And it was... Hey, it was pretty freaking cool. I got like thousands of hits on my blog. Like I wasn't... That's It wasn't my job. It wasn't something I was trying to do. I just wanted to let him know I loved him. And uh, people really responded to it. And people were telling me how much the show meant to them. Mm -hmm. So it was a very cool couple days off of that and um yeah it was worth the wait so i'm glad that i did it i wish i'd had the sensory deprivator but i don't think i could have worn that for a full year you would look pretty hot thanks (laughs) as carter and craig do very very well we are going to get all the different stories at once but one at a time so we see this four-way split screen of everyone waking up and trying to avoid the news of who won And um, first we zoom in on Ted and he's working from home and Ted is the one that's kind of in a bubble the whole episode. He's the Super Bowl Sunday is the most important to him and it really didn't get ruined for him until the end. So it Mm -hmm. was, it was sweet to watch him go through like these very small trials while everybody else was like out in the real world. Yeah. Like his biggest problem was the freaking dipping sauce. Which, why do they call it dipping sauce? Wouldn't it be like blue cheese? Of course. Maybe it's something different though. I don't know. 
Yeah, I guess they are angel wings. So Hard to say. They're otherworldly. Yeah. So Barney comes into the apartment and chains himself to the radiator because what? I wrote, he arrested himself because <laughs> I couldn't think of handcuffs. Well, and I, I realized it. it and I left it in to bring it up for you to laugh at. <laughs> he handcuffs himself to the radiator or arrests himself. Yeah, so if he doesn't, if he's not handcuffed to the radiator, he thinks he's going to check the score, or he knows he will. Mm-hmm. Ted grabs the key and says he just he's playing along because he didn't think of a bathroom plan, and he thinks that's funny. And I love the little moment where he comes back and takes the plant away. Yeah, that whole I wrote the same thing that there's this great scene. It's just like physical comedy, no no speaking, where yeah. you see Barney realize he can <gasps> the plant just at the same time Ted turns around to grab it like <laughs> yeah. without saying a word. Yep. And you just and then Barney's face falls. It's so great. Yep. Yeah, that reminded me of when um Marshall finds Lily's credit card statement and Ted rips it up and then also takes out the trash. Yes. Like he just knows his friends so well. Didn't stop him from getting into the garbage can, but whatever. Um <laughs> like a little raccoon. Right. So then we switch over to Robin, and it's extra tough for Robin because she's literally the media, and um, they're on the morning news, and her co-anchor tries to cut to sports, and Robin keeps saying no. And it's so great because the guy keeps keeps trying to stay, like, in character. It's time for sports. She's like, no. (laughs) So then she makes them cut over to Vampire Lou. AKA the weather guy, and he's just there eating a donut in front of a like a Looking blank so green dumb. screen. Just so dumb. Pretty much the uh, same thing I was doing two minutes ago, Robin. <laughs> like, Back and to I you. swear, like some powder like just drips off his lip. Oh yeah, like so pathetic. <laughs> just like I'm real good at reading. I'm real good at reading. So good. Uh, so obviously the co-host is getting pissed with her. Then we switch over to Marshall and Lily, which to me is like the best storyline of these yeah. of these except like who the fuck wrote that scene and when was the last time they were in a school okay well what let's get through right, this kids, and then... arts and crafts what? <laughs> Do you're what just asking for a riot on your hands. Like, honestly, <laughs> that's too much freedom and they wouldn't know what to do. They can't even like no, no. walk down a like 20 foot corridor safely. Like, I'm not even talking about like having fun. Like, cause I like to skip down the hallway too, but they're not safe. <laughs> yeah. And that's cause just they're just like hooligans. The unstructured but- time. Man, being a kid's the best. Yeah, dude. Uh, so speaking of which, Marshall is visiting Lily's classroom as his show and as her show and tell item. And Marshall sits down next to this it's little boy named called Doug. sharing nowadays. By instead the way. of show and tell. Yeah. Why? Because they're sharing something. Oh, Jesus. Does it matter what you call it? No, just you show much. it and you fucking tell it. <laughs> You share it. I want my kids in rows like a fucking factory. <laughs> Did you see Jonathan Van Ness's comment about how and it or was it on this Oh no, it was on um one of his podcast episodes with Tan France and he says like you get that feeling, you know, like or maybe it was a comment where at show and tell when you would pass around your item and your friends would touch your stuff and it made you like kind of excited but a little sick inside too. <laughs> He said something about like a cold tingle. 
that's like, he's amazing. Anyway. So yeah, so Marshall's That's sitting next to this kid, Doug, during unstructured, unrealistic arts and crafts time. And he says he's staying there all day because he doesn't want to know who won the Super Bowl, which is stupid because any little kid would have told you immediately. Oh, of course. So Marshall doesn't hang out with kids very often. And no, and Doug, Doug sees, sees his entry. Doug's, for blood. Yeah, Doug sees his his gambit, and um, he says he knows the super who won the Super Bowl, and starts blackmailing Marshall. First, he says ten bucks just went up to eight. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it was and delivered very well. So mm-hmm. kudos to Nicholas Roger Roget King. Mm. Who really hasn't done any sort of acting since then? But we will see him again on How I Met Your Mother. We will, um, but nothing recent. Right. So back at the apartment with Ted and Barney, Barney really wants to call his bookie, and he's just like, please, please, he worries. He sounds like a, like a Jewish mother or an Italian mom. Mm-hmm. He worries. He worries. Um, as Ted is getting ready to pick up wings from the sports bar, which, you know, sounds pretty difficult until you realize Ted has it covered. He is going to wear the Sensory Deprivator 5000, mm. which is just adorable. Yeah. It's duct-taped sunglasses with a hole <laughs> out of each eye space yeah. with Captain Crunch blinders mm-hmm. and noise-canceling headphones. Ted's wonderful in this, I yes. feel like. He's so charming, and he's just so good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm so proud so of himself. Yeah. And so we see him go to the bar and he does this double take with boobs and ha. <laughs> I didn't even write it down. I was like, Poof. yeah, I, I didn't either, but I'm mentioning it. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my I love Ted's shouting to the bartender. And the bartender like <laughs> jumps. He did such a good Hello. job. <laughs> and he just like exaggerates his movements. Love it doesn't it. question it though. And then hands him something that lets you know. They did it right. When you get the box for to-go food. Oh, yeah. Like, you are living your best life. Fuck yeah. So, yeah, Ted has the box of wings. And I love this transition. Mm. We see the news on the TVs in the background, and it zooms into the news station where they're doing a wrap-up of the Super Bowl and Robin's off camera with her fingers in her ear. So then we know we're going to get Robin's story. And I just love that transition. It was so clever. Yeah, I love it. Um, so the producer comes over to talk to her, who is a woman of color. Mm-hmm. I thought we should note that, which is exciting to see. She seems and, to be running the show. Yeah, for yep. sure. And Robin tells her that she can't mention anything specific about the Super Bowl, like nothing specific. And the producer rightfully tells her, you can't do that. That's fucking crazy. This is the right. news. So then Robin starts to fake cry. Oh my God. <sighs> Whatever. My because friend Mar- died this week. <laughs> so. And she's like, okay, okay, okay. And you know, this is Metro News 1, so we can only imagine what's going to happen. Oh my God. And she just like, the tears shut off as soon as she hugs the woman. Yeah. And she's like, uncomfortable with a hug now so bad she's fucking cold-blooded love it um back at the apartment we see barney struggling against the radiator and pulling on the handcuffs when he realizes (laughs) it's not on the right part of the radiator and is instead on like this standalone pipe yeah so all he has to do is pull up and he's free such an idiot 
And he's so dumb. He's so dumb. Uh, and what a bimbo. he runs to the bathroom, goes quickly. And eight minutes and 23 seconds later, Ted walks in talking about what a genius he is. And he still has the sensory deprivator 5,000 on. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that the there's no dipping sauce and mm-hmm. he has to go back. So you can see it all starting to crumble. We've yeah. got Marshall being blackmailed. We've got Robin doing the news. Ted's got no dipping sauce. Barney is loose in the Barney's city. Barney's like just snuck out. Yeah. So it's about to get real. This is a great scene. Uh, the little it's kid, Doug. Great scene. Great. Well, Doug is still taunting Marshall and has been for a while. So since he extorted Marshall for eight dollars he has now made marshall eat all those crayons we don't know how many it is but marshall what are you doing and um then we find out the reason he's doing all of this is because he's in love with lily and marshall says you can't have her she's mine which is cute and gross so there's that um but he's doing it because kids don't understand they only understand mine and not mine. He makes Marshall take the fall for breaking something and makes Lily actually punish him because, you know, follow through is important. And uh, back at Metro News One, uh, the producer has put together some extremely vague copy about what happened to keep things under wraps. Oh, my God. Oof, God. And then um, the bullying ratchets up even more back in the classroom. The kid is saying now that Marshall needs to take him to three R-rated movies a week. And it's at that point that Marshall totally snaps. And he realizes that he is an adult and he can easily have the upper hand because he knows what it's like to be a kid. And he turns around and uses the Capri Sun (laughs) to squirt the kid right off the crotch. And you can... You can see Jason Siegel having a hard time not he's laughing. He's loving it. Yeah. yeah, he's loving every second of this. He's like this like mischievous or mischievous, however you say it, twinkle in his yeah. eye. Yeah, so you can tell that it's like some of it was intentional for Marshall's character and some of it was just... It's just hit Jason Siegel. An adult making a little kid look like he peed his pants. It's just yep. so funny. And... um So now Marshall clearly has the upper hand and he says, do you want to quietly go to the restroom to dry off or am I going to have something for show and tell today? Brilliant line. Brilliant. There's that third year law student. So good. So he gets his, uh, he gets his money back and a snack pack. And we think that maybe Marshall and Lily are going to get out of this alive. So we see Barney running down the street, trying to find out, who won the Super Bowl? And every person he runs into has no idea. It's like, oh, I'm not really into sports. Oh, I didn't even realize it was on last night. Um, he ends up running into Emmett Smith. Um, Football player, a, if you guys don't know. <laughs> yep, couldn't tell you what team. Cowboys for um, a long time, I think. No idea, but... If I were to think of a football player who was popular in like the mid-90s, Greg, mm-hmm. that was around the time frame. Mm-hmm. That's exactly the outfit I would hope that they would be wearing. Just a giant leather jacket, light wash, and like, jean. <laughs> yep. Straight leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Relaxed, relaxed fit. Relaxed fit. <laughs> so true. 505 or 550s, what was it? Yes. Levi's. Yes. Oh, so good. Um, but yeah, so he is like, oh my God, Emmett Smith will know. And Emmett doesn't even realize that 
the Super Bowl was on last night, and Barney falls to his knees and lets out this, like, anguish, like this cry of anguish and despair. And again, we get a great transition with Ted walking right behind him, making his way back to get the dipping sauce for the angel wings. Two things about Emmett Smith. Yeah. He mentions that he, um, oh, like, oh, Mm -hmm. you know, you win a couple of those and you're like, eh, he's won three Super Bowl championships. Interesting. He was also the Super Bowl MVP in, uh, what year is this? Super Bowl MVP in 94. Mm. Um, yes, and it was the Cowboys. And also he mentions that dance is more important than, right. th- than football. Did you find out why? Oh, yeah. He was on Dancing with the Stars. Woo-hoo. Did you watch that show? No. Same. I thought it was a cute idea when it came out, but I just never... I just never watched it. So, yeah. So there's that. But it was a pretty new show at the time. He was one of the first seasons, I think. So mm-hmm. that was a cute little reference. So Ted tells us that by 4 p.m., they had almost done the impossible. And it all starts to go south for them mm-hmm. all at the same time, pretty yep. much. We see a stray pool ball come flying towards Ted, <laughs> and he doesn't see it. Because he's got the sensory deprivator 5000 and he trips on it and he falls and he crashes to the ground, but he saves the dipping sauce. Yep. And doesn't end up seeing anything about the the Super Bowl. Yeah, but meanwhile, uh, the, a news story comes up that Robin didn't expect. So she. Yeah, from Trish Sanchez at the Bronx Zoo. Yep. So she catches some of it. Side note. There are no pandas at the Bronx Zoo. Oh, were there ever? I looked it up. I don't know. I just looked up if there were. I feel like I've been to the Bronx Zoo, and I feel like it was really sad. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I really love gorillas, and I want to go, and I want to see them so bad again. Like, we went in middle school on a trip. To the Bronx Zoo? Yeah, mm. and I just fucking love gorillas so much. I love them. Yeah. But it's so sad. I don't. Zoos are really depressing. I know. I, and I know some of them do good work and all that. Yeah. And, you and go it's to the right really ones. cool to see these animals otherwise, because otherwise you wouldn't and you get some perspective. Mm-hmm. But I want to go to a zoo awesome. where all the animals are rescues. I mean, I think a lot of them are like that now. Yeah. I want to go yeah. to the San Diego Zoo. That's like the big oh, one, right? That's a that's a trip I'd love to p- pretend to plan. Hell with you. yeah, we'll get the flight flight plans and everything, yeah. and then not go. I'll look up hotel costs. Awesome! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be like a fun job, just like an imaginary travel planner for people, and then they just never go. Oh. Just pay me to do that for you. You can jerk off to the itinerary. Um, yeah, so we get the news story. Robin didn't expect. Uh, we see a janitor roll by in the school hallway um, with a radio tune to the sports update. Um, so we see Marshall and Lily trying to avoid that, but not very well. And then we see Barney at a newsstand <laughs> just slow motion ripping up a newspaper. <laughs> so we know whoever Barney bet on lost. Um, yep. And at this point, it's not clear if the other three have heard or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but then everyone comes over and you can tell that they're lying when they say they didn't figure out who would want. Yeah. Um, but they they spare Ted's feelings. And uh, Barney comes in promising not to give anything away. 
And he goes in the bathroom or the bedroom and has just an amazing little moment on his own talking to himself. And he says, you screwed it up, Bonnie. You screwed it all up. <laughs> I just love the weird accent he gets when he does a tense piss because he says, we all know who you bet on. And that means the game's ruined. Right. And right. Um, so he's upset because this is over the years become very, very important to him. And it's a sacred tradition. Sacred tradition, tradition, right? It started just because he was drunk and thought everything uh-huh. was awesome, which is what happens when you're drunk. Um, but it became about more than that. It was about friendship and, you know, yeah. good food and hanging out. So everyone sort of bands together to make Ted feel better because he's worked so hard to to make this a good time. And, uh, so yeah, let like, them have it. Yeah, they're like, the commercials are still fresh and the wings are here and the beer is good and let's watch Barney lose some money. Uh, we zoom out as future Ted is saying, as unforgettable as it was, I don't remember who won or who played. And I never remember who was in the Super Bowl the year before. Mm. Even if I watch, I'm always like, I don't know who was in there and I don't know who won. And he says it was more about the tradition than the teams. And sometimes this is really important. Even if you know how something's going to end, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy the ride, which is mm-hmm. some serious foreshadowing. Agreed. For several things, but one in particular that's going to be happening later this season. So we get this fun little scene at the end um, where we find out that not only did Barney lose the game, but he lost all of the prop points. Prop bets. Something, yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. I don't know anything about gambling, Me neither. obviously, <laughs> or sports, but I don't think I need to mention that. Yeah. Um, even like things like the coin toss. And then Ted realizes that the sensory deprivator is good for more than just a media blackout. Yeah. And he just puts it on and Barney just keeps going on and on and on. It's so cute. We love it. Too cute. So yay, that's Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. What a cute one. Yeah. So if you were wondering, the game was played on February 4th, 2007 at Dolphin Stadium. Mm-hmm. And it was the Colts versus the Bears. Mm-hmm. And the Colts won that year. Ah. And, and this aired the day was, after. Yep. That's yep, cool. That Monday. And this was an exciting game, I guess, because it featured two teams ending a long Super Bowl appearance drought. Oh, nice. Yeah. So what'd you think of the episode? Oh, it's such a great episode. Yeah. They do such a good job. They really do. They're a great team. I love this kind of storytelling, too. Yeah. It's very tight. I love when they do. It's like when they focus on all of the characters. It's always such a great episode. And you got to see, I feel like, each of them shine Mm -hmm. a little bit. Totally. The girls, maybe not as much as the boys, but... Yeah. Robin did great. Lily didn't have, like, too much. Yeah, she was... That's all right. That's all right. Everyone else is great. Yep. All right. So we have one legendary moment this week, and it's from Dan uh, on Twitter. And Dan says, my legendary moment for Monday Night Football has to be the sensory deprivator 5000. It's just funny. The boob double take, Barney sneaking out, the barman's ironic, I didn't recognize you, (laughs) the dipping sauce save, and the Barney silencer. Simple joke, funny in at least five different ways. Awesome. In fact, I think this actually perfectly describes one archetype of legendary moment. Funny, original, and uncomplicated. Amen. And he said, can we categorize legendary moments? The deep and meaningful, the super clever, the cute. What else is there? Um, 
Those are some pretty good categories. The shallow ones that I always choose. <laughs> uh, yeah, the deep and meaningful, super clever, cute, hilarious, shocking, um, sartorial, because sometimes we do the clothing. Uh, yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. And it harkens back to this episode. Uh, I love it. Have you chosen your legendary moment for this episode? I don't know. Like, Marshall's whole exchange is just so, so good. Mm. I feel like each storyline is strong and it's entertaining. Yeah. Um, I really, though, I think my favorite is... And after the Super Bowl, the mayor of the losing team city had to pay up, sending the mayor of the winning team city 15 pounds of a delicacy his or her city is famous for. Better fire up whatever type of grill, steamer, or fryer one might use to cook that delicacy, winning team's mayor. (laughs) So good. That's my favorite. So that would be that very vague copy that that poor woman had to write. Metro News 1 does not give a fuck. Yeah. But they try. They don't care. They tried yeah. a little bit. <laughs> yeah, so I love that. It's just like, and the way Robin delivers it, she's great. Like, she's so good. very earnest. So good. In her delivery. And I thought that was really, I don't know, I think Colby Smothers did a great job with the oh, delivery. Yeah. She's consummate profesh, you know? Yeah. She's yeah. on air. Uh, for me, it's 100% Marshall squirting that kid with Capri Sun in the, in the crotch. I just love when he gets the upper hand again and he's so proud of himself. And it's just yeah. such a horrible thing for an adult to do to a child. It's real fucked up. But it's the only thing he could think of. And, uh, you know, uh, future Ted tells us that Marshall wasn't proud of it, but I feel like he was a little proud of it. He was super proud right? of it. That was so good. That kid was being a dick. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you in two weeks for Lucky Penny which is going to be another great episode that does a lot of timing stuff, which How I Met Your Mother is really famous for. So send us your legendary moments for Lucky Penny to heybeautifulpodcasts at gmail.com or you can uh, share them with us on Twitter at heybeautifulpod. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us an iTunes review if you loved this episode because the more we get, the more people find us. We hope you'll come back next episode because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All. <laughs>